Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Sound and theater are two of my very favorite things, as you could probably surmise from the fact that I make a podcast about independent theater. And those worlds harmonize together nicely in Ren Xia's new work, Echo. I spoke with Ren and her collaborators, Nicholas Orvis, Andrea Lopez, and Max Henry after a recent performance. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast. I'll start with a returning guest slash playwright slash sound. What was your official sound... Uh, sculptor was the, I knew there was a good word in there and I was like that's awesome uh, sound sculptor see, say your name on mic and uh, we'll go around and say what you did on the show hi my name is Ren Xia I am the creator of Echo and made the sound I'm Nick Orvis I was the director of Echo am the director still <laughs> you remain so at least until the show closes I'm Andrea Lopez I played Echo Max Henry, I play Narcissus. And we're in the lobby at the tank. That's why we're being a little quiet here. There's another show going on at the other venue, and we don't want to be super disrespectful to our fellow artists. Um, but like, uh, let's talk about let's talk about some echoes here. Um, I, uh, full disclosure, had the, the privilege of uh, contributing to the show in a way. Um, I'm going to use that as a way to kind of start into the usual traditional first question of the podcast, is, which is, what is this? Uh, so would you, Ren, let us know, like, what, how does this show work? What is Echo? Uh, and can you relate it back to the previous incarnation of Echo? So Echo started as a sound collage that I had put together people's answers to questions revolving the subject of loss. So we sent out questionnaires to a bunch of people around the world, and maybe a couple of dozen people responded, including you, um, all of whom recorded their answers to all of those questions that you heard in the show. So Echo was first a album, and then Nick sort of um, along with these two people, our cast is very small. Um, we sort of we were talking about sculpture. I think we sculpted a story out of the soundtracks. So a sound sculpture turned into a theatrical sculpture, yeah. in a way. What was that? Okay, can can I force you once again to answer one more question? Like, wh- why this story? Why the story of Narcissus and Echo? Um, I think the story of Echo hints strongly the subject of loss, which I think was the focal point of all of the questions about Echo. And so so this is a little bit of a background information. Um, Echo was titled Echo because I was thinking about doing the second installation of the sound uh, project with the subject of loss in mind and then during the same time um, Andrea and I are in the book club and we happen to be reading a novel called Echo and then it's about the possession of a harmonica and how like different people kind of became being possessed and then lose the harmonica Um, so part of the reason like all of this came from inspirations from that children's book, in fact, which I highly recommend. And part of your sound design now makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, 
I just I, I love this idea of um, and it's actually something that I personally have tried to use in my own work so I love this idea of taking sound and using sound to be almost like a script uh, how do you how do you do that uh, how do or I know how I like to do it but how do y'all how did y'all work on this because it's definitely not a, a usual way of working on a theatrical piece definitely yeah, <laughs> it's it's definitely not, and this was my my first time, like doing devising a I've devised work before, but usually from text or some kind of like text source. You know, you take like a short story and turn it into play or something like that. Um, so this was very different. Really, the the way we we began was Ren and I sat down and mapped out kind of a very very loose. Uh, arc of events, a uh, kind of potential story with some initial kind of ideas of, okay, maybe this track goes here, maybe this track goes there, like maybe, maybe not. Um, and then we really sat down and started, we started with what is now actually the thir- third track that you hear in the show, which is the actual story of Echo and Narcissus. And we kind of started from that point and really improvised a lot and just kind of started adding rules to our world. Improvising with the actors in yeah, the space with, with the, the sound, sound going? Okay. So what we actually started with was, um, I don't remember which, maybe you guys can help me out. We start, on our first day I remember we improvised both conversations between the two actors where they could only echo each other. Like, we would be like, okay, now Max will be the one who can speak, and Andrea yeah. has to echo, and then we would switch. Which but then an we. incredibly frustrating thing to do. <laughs> yes. Um, and Andrea has to be like that for most of the actual plays. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. it's quite a, quite a thing. Um, but we also would play with that. We would play with that. Then we started playing with that audio track and saying, Okay, so now what happens if we if we listen to this track and both echo it to highlight things or to point things out or to make a point for the other person? And that was kind of, from that we sort of started to establish the vocabulary of, because that, that was for me a, an open question at the beginning of the process was like, can this play work if one character can't? like initiate conversation (laughs) or direct the conversation at all um so from that first day we sort of said okay yeah this seems like something we want to explore and then we would you know ren and i would go and kind of set out a little bit of a canavaccio and say okay we think we want to try doing this thing and max and andrea would improvise wonderful things and we would violently object (laughs) (laughs) usually i remember the one of the first exercise we did was each one of us was would improvise a story, and then the rest of us would echo when mm-hmm. you have a opinion. So the echo of certain yeah. texts would be with a attitude, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. So even though Echo couldn't initiate the conversation, her response Could using yeah, so using the intonation and her attitude, there is still some sort of dialogue happening and that was very useful that's very useful for me and especially for Ren we both wrote like little bits of it and then Ren kind of did a full pass to polish everything but that I feel like helped us out a lot in the writing because we kind of got a feel for like okay this is the sort of thing that you could like that can 
create space for commentary. Yeah, um, but it was not easy dialogue to write because every because <laughs> everything Narcissus says has to have an ending that can yeah. function as a line of dialogue for Echo. Well, also so it was actually kind of complicated. Really dug that like because the the text that you're using the sonic text is is almost it's very dominated by the words right and then you have this difficulty of not being able to respond in a, in any. Uh, in, in the way that maybe one would like to in the moment, you both found really brilliant ways to physically embody the story. Um, can you, uh, this is an audio medium, so we're also <laughs> relying on words. Oh boy. Um, but can you talk to me a little bit about we like, did a that? Bit of this. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how, well, how was that process like uh, in words uh, to go about and find the physicality and also. Um, the, the things there were there were tons of things on stage um, it's, they're, they're Every, everyone's falling on the floor laughing because the the things changed constantly which was which was a fun actually challenge because so talk to me about that process like putting all that all sure. the physical stuff out of all these words for well for for me uh, this is just very different from any anything I've ever done before yes in that me I'm, as well yeah I'm I'm usually a very uh, dedicated realist. I do a lot of dialogue-driven character work type things. So this for me was more of an amorphous process. But uh, as Nick alluded to earlier, setting up basic rules for the space and for uh, the text that we were, I guess, communally creating was was the most helpful thing for me. Physically, what I fell back on a lot was actually clowning. Um, just a childlike openness to interact with whatever space we were rehearsing in, whatever props we had on that day. And that's, that's what guided me through it because otherwise I wouldn't have had much to cling to. Yeah. Max was always really great at like doing stuff, cool things with props. (laughs) (laughs) He reacts really well to different things in this space. Um, yeah, for me it was, uh, it was less about interacting with the objects, more about physicalizing the things she would normally be saying mm-hmm. if she could mm-hmm. so it was just about I think you because you said childlike and I'm like yeah that feels right because it was just like a, a little bit of an over exaggeration of the body so if she's upset she's not just upset she's like super upset <laughs> you just like exaggerate that gesture a yeah. little bit to make sure that it carries that people she can, can't even sigh yeah say, she like, can't oh, sigh she can't scream she can't do anything so but it also this has been her reality forever so she's if she wants to convey something then it's all about the body it's all about like what she can what she can do and that's the only language she has so that was an interesting thing to find, especially since I am also like most mostly in, live in the realm of realism in the plays that I do. A lot of it is about translating the subtext that you would normally be able to give with intonation. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of I, I, just straightforward, you know, day-to-day human being tactics, and and translating that into pure physicality. Yeah, I was actually I was showing them my script yesterday. I've got like 500 internal monologues that I just wrote out. That's awesome. Well, that's um, got to be really useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, absolutely. We, I think as theater people, especially as you said, uh, who primarily work in the realm of the the more uh, realist thing, like we, yeah. we process things with words. 
Um, I speaking of those words, something I'm I'm also very interested in. Um, I had a hard time responding to the questions, being open and being honest because these were a lot, like some very personal personal questions, and um, in listening, I was like, wow, everybody else who is there's so many other people like who responded who were so nakedly open um what it what has that process been like uh in terms of a dealing with that material because like i feel like you're getting some pretty sensitive stuff and then b like how y'all then use that sensitive stuff to craft it um have there has who else has seen this? Who else has heard their words being used in this way? Any? I'm just. I'm always interested in um, how what reactions are like. There are quite a few contributors in the audience today, and I think every day there will be some. So I am interested in hearing their responses, and I do watch them during the show. You you know when they're coming. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's awesome. It, it's really fun to watch, and it's. What, so this is different in which we actually have a stage play happening. Um, the last time we did something like this, people had actually opportunities to converse with each other during the show mm. as they just plainly listen to the tracks. Um, so that was an interesting experience because we change. So you're a different person now than when you actually recorded this. You reminded me of one of my answers before yeah. I turned on the mic. And I was like, I said that? Yeah. Apparently I did. That's, yeah. Yeah, because I think your reaction to all of these questions will be different now yeah. than in December. So I think this is hopefully a timeless kind of answer slash piece. But at the same time, I think it's a very time-specific um, kind of thing. Like it's, it's sound, but it's also in storage, and you open it and you see mm. a piece of past. So I thought that that's something interesting to explore. Um, for me, these tracks have become increasingly not effective. Like, like it 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 affect me less and less. Like in yeah, the beginning, so I feel like they're white noise to me now. <laughs> it's yeah, because yeah, in the beginning when I was editing them, it's like I could cry like every second, yeah. like every other track, because everybody was just so open and very real. Like you get mm -hmm. real very fast. Yeah. Well, that's that part of it that almost feels like cheating for me is that anytime, and it happens to every actor, I think every time you you begin to maybe disengage a little bit because it's so driven by these people being so open and naked and because I, I'm personally a very empathetic person uh, just you work in the theater I never would have guessed I that. know it's <laughs> shocking well <laughs> there's a lot of lack of empathy too no, 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 being don't honest. Really know uh, right <laughs> I'm a psychopath um, <laughs> no any any time you, you find yourself struggling the, the blessing of this Play is that you really just need to listen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that that kind of wraps up a lot of the play. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's also weird because um, I was like I also contributed to the recordings, and we've been listening to the tracks for weeks, and we've been working with them and all that. And every like I remember it was like a week ago or something. I heard something in the track. I'm like, oh, that's me. I said that. 
I, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to those tracks for months, and I never realized that that was actually my voice that was saying that. It was so bizarre. Just like you were saying, Ryan, it's like we can't, you know, step in the the same river twice, sort of thing. Yeah. As yeah. even as. Yeah, like sure. even with your own voice that's yeah, amazing exactly. that's the reason I didn't answer these questions myself and or put my own voice in this because I feel like it would be cheating like my response wouldn't be as spontaneous as everyone else who just see these questions and record as as is because you know where it's going yeah you would yeah. be like gaming it for the exactly i, I would like. be like directing it to a mm-hmm. certain kind of I, thing i had the same i want this feeling. moment to do this right yeah. yeah i'll tell that story that'll be really great in the play that'll <laughs> <laughs> be a great way to drive to this yeah moment. But well it's beautiful work um and really fun to watch we're at the tank um you run through through the 21st 21st, 21st. Yeah. yes and uh, tickets and more information can be found at thetanknyc.org. And also, this is an Arctic Group production, right? Mm-hmm. So, where can folks see the Arctic Group? It's thearcticgroup.org/slash echo. Brilliant. Oh, can you, you can get the record there too, right? Yeah, awesome. everything is online, available in album form, and they're more complete. Everything is there. Yes, I'll add there are both, some of the tracks are, I was going to say extended versions, but actually, given the order we did them, they're original versions that we (laughs) trimmed for the show, and there are tracks that, for one reason or another, are not in the show, because we just didn't have space for them. We'll find out a lot of uh, who a lot of people will want to invite to a dinner party. (laughs) We don't really have a good place yeah. to put that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard to sort of fit. Appropriate cut. Yeah. Thank you all so much for doing this great work. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ren, Nick, Andrea, and Max for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Echo at The Tank, 312 West 36th Street, second floor in Manhattan, through April 21st, 2018. Head to thetanknyc.org for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. Until next time, go see a show. Thank you all so much. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.